0: Welcome to the Female Red Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar.
1: Welcome to the Female Red Zone. This is Mary Beth Kosmeski. Today, I'm interviewing Kathleen Caldwell. She is a global business strategist, and she is president of Caldwell Consulting Group and founder of the WHEE We Institute. Stands for Wealthy, Healthy, Energetic Edge. Kathleen is described by her clients as challenging, energetic, encouraging, and focused on results and has more than 20 years of experience in global business strategy, leadership, team development, and organizational transformation with some of her global clients. She's highly respected as an advisor, credentialed business and health coach, successful Hypnotherapist, which is very interesting. We'll ask her about that. Um, keynote speaker and author. So very excited to have Kathleen Caldwell with us today. Welcome, Kathleen.
0: Mary Beth, it's my pleasure. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you for for being on this. So, first question I want to lead with, and this is maybe you know a kind of a different question, but I see that you went to Florida State University. What is someone who went to Florida State University? What are what are you doing in the Chicago area where it's cold and miserable and snowing all the time in the winter? Why? How did you get here?
0: <laughs> well, Mary Beth, you're a Midwestern girl. You you know how the pull of the Midwest uh, is so powerful. I was born and raised in Aurora, Illinois, south side of Chicago, and then moved to Aurora, Illinois when I was five years old. And Grew up in the suburbs of Chicago and just really, really love Chicago and have traveled all over the world, have lived in Atlanta and all kinds of places and uh, decided that I wanted to come back home. And so, really, that was the key to coming back. And I, I love the cold weather, you know. Uh, I, I can't say that being up at Lambeau Field like you in December is something that I treasure, but, uh, you know, certainly being uh, with the Blackhawks in the United Center is a nice thing, you know, in warm places. But yeah. it's, the pole, it's the pole of the Midwest, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of the Blackhawks, I know that you did something called an executive briefing with um, some of the executives or an executive at the Blackhawks. Talk, talk talk, to us about that and how does one get to do something like that and what is that?
0: Well, Mary Beth, it is part of really a whole philosophy that I have and, and it's something that I wanted to talk about in our interview today is really, for me, it's moving beyond preconceived barriers that I've had about I can't do something or that's out of my league something or who am I to do that or I'm, you know, it's scary or maybe I don't have the right credentials or I don't have the the right, uh, whatever it is. And really it's something that I started early in my career back in 1985 is working really hard to be prepared and doing the homework, doing the work that's necessary, and then going for it. And so the executive briefing is something that I've come up with, which is bringing senior executives together to have important conversations about how to build their business, how to drive profitability, how to really have engaged and inspired employees, how to have people work better together, how to have great clients, and increased market share, I mean, just all the good stuff with business, how to overcome issues and problems, of course, and bring CEOs, bring executives together to discuss these things. And so I had uh, the great privilege to work with John McDonough at when he was with the Chicago Cubs, and uh, I put together a whole team-building program for the Cubs. and. Uh, Really built around how do we work better together because that's an extraordinary organization as well. And then when uh, John McDonough went over to the Chicago Blackhawks, Mary Beth picked up the phone. I just picked up the phone. And of course, I was prepared. Here's what I want to do I want to do an executive briefing. I want to bring key people from the Chicagoland area together. And I'd like for you to be our keynote speaker. I'd like for you to be the person who uh, talks about the transformation of the Blackhawks and your whole career. And uh, I, you know, was also on the panel with him discussing, you know, real-world scenarios for organizations that are not like the Blackhawks, uh, but aspire to be. And so it was, it was a matter of picking up the phone, doing something that was scary, and making sure that I had the, the uh, setup and the people and the, pe- the attendees there and doing all the homework but it was scary, and it was just fantastic. It was so well-received, and I do those periodically now of bringing decision-makers together at every level, leaders at every level, to have meaningful conversations because, as your other guests have mentioned, we can't do it alone. We've got to have people around us, and it's even great when we have people in other organizations around us supporting us, lifting us up, giving us new ideas, building us up, So uh, that's what I'm about, building community.
1: Well, that's wonderful. Now, you just mentioned something that um, makes makes me think and question a little bit, because when you talk about being prepared, it almost sounds like you are so prepared, you're over prepared, you're ready, and then you go for it. What if... It doesn't work out the way you prepared it to work out. I mean, so what if it doesn't happen the way you scripted it out? How do you... Because I'm sure that that has to happen at least sometime. Oh, my Um, gosh. (laughs) How do you deal with that? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, Mary Beth, I mean, that has has really happened frequently in my career is things didn't happen the way that I had planned them out. Uh, And, you know, for me, it's getting back to, you know, really my faith, my faith in myself, my faith in my higher power, my faith in doing the right thing, and what I can always do is count on myself to clean it up. So if there's an issue or there's a concern or there's something that didn't go right, it's for me taking a moment, breathing and stopping to say, okay, now what's really, really happening here? What are the facts of the situation? And really through this hypnotherapy, hypnosis, mind-body connection aspect is separating the, the emotion of it, Mary Beth, from the facts and dealing with the facts of the situation. Okay, then once I know the facts, and I'm real big on mind maps, I get a sheet of paper out and I start making mind maps to clarify you know, what are the facts what, are, what is the meaning of all this? Where is the drama possibly? And then what are my next steps? What can I clean up if there's something? If there's, I need to have a phone call to make an apology or there's to do some clarifying, whatever it is. What do I need to do next? And what I can always count on is that my intention is to do the right thing. To do the right thing. It's just so simple. And, and I think... I know it in my body what the right thing is, and I know your audience. You know everyone that's listening; they know what the right thing is. And getting over the ego of it, getting up, giving, uh, getting over the drama of it, or the story of it, or all that, and all that stuff. What are we making it mean? And just getting back to the facts, and getting back to Mary Beth, the humanity of it, huh. the realness of it. You know, the realness of it. And I think if we're trying, if our intention is to do the right thing, to bring goodness and integrity and excellence to every opportunity, it's going to come through nine times out of ten.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. And I think what stops us a lot of times, and I say us because I'm talking about me, too, is that we go, ah. That's probably not going to work or, you know, and then but, but then I listened to someone like you was like, you know, you just have to go for it. But the thing of it is, is that that the, the failure isn't just the ego part of it. It's what if I take all this time and do all this preparation and do all of this and I go for it and it doesn't seem to work out. So talk to me about hypnotherapy, because perhaps that may be something that I need. But talk to me about how that helps us separate some of those things and the emotion, take the emotion out of it.
0: Yeah, a great question, Mary Well, I have always been intrigued about what is it about pro athletes? What is it about athletes especially that you know drives them to be so focused in their sport and to really be committed to excellence? And what is that it factor that they have that, quote, unquote, ordinary people don't have? Because the thing is, they're playing event after event after event after event. After event. And so if they don't win the tournament one time they gather themselves back up together they learn the lessons that they needed to learn and they get back into the zone of excellence i call it now the success zone we all know what the zone is that feeling that mindset that you know that place where we're we're on we've got it together we're in the zone and so athletes know that very very well they've been conditioned uh, through hypnosis, I mean the majority of pro athletes have used hypnosis which is a way to access the subconscious mind, access those automatic defaults about I can't do this, I can do this and all of that that chatter uh, and access the power of yeah I can do this, I know how to do this, I'm, I, my body and my mind are all aligned, I know how to do this. One of my clients her mantra is, and she's a senior executive within the financial services industry. Is her mantra is, "I got this, I got this." Mm. So, utilizing and harnessing the whole of ourselves, so we don't have, and, you know, I don't know if you can relate to this, Mary Beth, but I felt many times in my career like I had one foot on the gas, one foot on the brake. So when you, <laughs> you know, going to make the call to do, you know, to set up that meeting or you know, set up that lunch or do the executive briefing or make the call that was going to be kind of scary or uncomfortable or uneasy or whatever, uh, you know, like that start and stop feeling. And I think that that has, for many women, caused them to not go for it, to not uh, try. And, you know, so incorporating what athletes do is its just another game. So, like, we're getting ready, tomorrow's another game. They got to regroup. They got to recenter. Re- they have to forget about what did they learn. You know, it's called plan, do, review. We got to plan the plan the event. We got to do it, and then we've got to review it. So, uh, but just because we've lost one game or we've lost one, you know, seemingly event, you know, seemingly destructive event or whatever, we got to pick ourselves back up and move forward.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. You're talking about athletes. Um, my son plays hockey and and uh, you know so I have from his perspective I see how he plays and how things affect him and the smallest thing can affect a game his talent hasn't changed his his skill on the ice has not changed um, but you look at a lot of athletes and I've read a lot about this where you know the difference between one athlete um, who makes it in a pro league and another athlete who doesn't, um, at some point, it really doesn't have, it's not the talent. It's how you're in that zone. You bring it together. You're able to be relaxed and forget about the bad things that just literally just happened to you. Um, and, and to move on. So it's very interesting. I didn't know that um, that athletes go through hypnosis, but I can totally understand why I know a lot of them see sports psychologists and stuff because it's, it's about getting that mindset exactly where it needs to be. But there's no reason that we shouldn't be doing that in business. I mean, we're all performing, we're all um, having to be our best at, at, at so many given times.
0: Well, yeah. And think about the practical applications of this, Mary Beth. You know, We're going into a presentation with a new client and a lot is on the line. Well, are we bringing our A game? Are we bringing the game of, you know, I'm confident and not from like an ego perspective, but more like, you know, I got this. I've prepared. I know my audience. I'm here to serve. This is going to go well. And, you know, if something doesn't go right, and I've been in many, many presentations in my career of, you know, the computer didn't work in the middle of a, you know, a Fortune 50 company uh, <laughs> big presentation. You know, computer didn't work. Well, so what do you do? So it's, it's in business having that confidence and really aligning, I believe, our minds and our bodies and our performance. And, um, you know, doing it in a way that, you know, you can see a person, you know, a person, you, you can recognize, ah, you know, they're they're fully in their game. They're in their success zone right there.
1: Well, and I love that. I got this. It's like yeah. you're stepping up for yourself. So if something's going on, there's a bunch of people around you, you go, wait a minute, I got this. But what if it's yourself? Listen, I got this. I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and, So, you know, these things work because of two major laws, the law of association, we're associating in our brains that this is important and this is good, and then the law of repetition. So the more we practice this, because we've had a lifetime of practicing, "Uh, I don't know if it's going to work, or, oh, I don't know, or I'm afraid, or the last time I did that, or whatever, or, you know, and so that's the tape that we've got to set aside and Start new training, new self-talk, really, and have it be about success and confidence, and having it come from a natural place, which is what self-hypnosis really does. So you're not faking it to make it. You know, you're actively uh, confident because you've been working, and you've, uh, you know, like athletes, rehearse in their minds, they rehearse the stroke, they rehearse the golf swing, they rehearse, and then they use an anchor in their physical bodies to anchor in that visual. You know, Michael Jordan has said, you know, interviewers would say, how did you know you could make that shot? And he would say, because I've made it in my mind a half a million times. Mm -hmm. So are we as business people using this same methodology for our success? I, I think there's, there's something exciting to this.
1: I think so, too. I I have a coach for speaking. I do a lot of speaking myself. And mm. my coach um, told me when I first started working with him, he goes, you've got to stand up in front of that audience before you talk. And you've got to think to yourself, they're going to love this. And I said, you know what, Lou, I'm coming to it from a totally different perspective. I'm coming to it. I'm standing up in front of that audience. And I'm going." God I hope they're going to like this. I have no idea whether they're going to like this, you know? And then the more you do it, the more you know, hey, maybe they are going to love this. And, you know, you transition, but only through that practice do you really get to the point. I still honestly don't stand in front of an audience and go, they're going to absolutely love this. But at least I'm in a little bit different place than thinking, I hope they don't hate it, you know? (laughs) um, And I've been on some really big stages where they have loved it, but I haven't come in with that super confident perspective. And I think that, I mean, it's obviously something I'm working on trying to to do, because I think we're better if we're confident and we're going into it with both feet underneath us saying, hey, I got this.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. And Mary Beth, I completely hear what you're saying and so agree. And I think that a major shift happened for me, specifically with public speaking, because like you, I love getting in front of audiences. I think speaking and writing is is just a, it's a great way of engaging large groups of people and overcoming our you know overcoming fear and all of that. And a major shift happened for me, and I encourage my clients to do this: is find a way to fall in love with them. You know, getting yourself using your mind-body connection, get in touch with your heart center. And that very, very vulnerable, nice part of you that really is the caring part of you and there's a softness to that. And when you breathe into that and then before coming out on the stage, I mean this is a tactical thing of course, but you can do it before you go to a meeting or really any you know, when you're driving home from work, spend a moment as you're pulling into the garage, take a moment and get in touch with your heart center and get 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 present to what it is that you love about the audience, what it is that you love about your family, what it is that you just love about your work. If we took a moment before going into work just to get centered, you know, it's uh, it's small little practices that really add up to a big difference.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, Broadway um, actors that are, you know, on Broadway and every single day, uh, sometimes more than once a day, they go out and they have to do a performance that is, for the audience the first time perhaps that the audience has seen it and it's maybe the only time they're going to see it and it's got to be like it's the best they've ever done and it's very interesting how they can um gather up that steam before every single performance sometimes eight performances a week um and and just making every single one as good as the last uh it's it's pretty amazing but i think it's it's all about what you're talking about here
0: Yeah, what a great point because it's it's really high performance and, you know, whether it's an athlete utilizing, you know, the whole package of mind-body, you know, for high performance, whether it's actors and actresses, I mean, business people can really be doing the same thing and, uh, you know, just utilizing all of the great technology for this and and the power of community as we started, you know, discussing at the very beginning is being surrounded by like-minded people is just so important. And ongoing learning and development and growing and committing to a path of personal development, I think is just so, so critical.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And when you mentioned being surrounded by like-minded people, um, talk to the audience a little bit about, I know you're involved in many organizations, um, and some of them national. Talk a little bit about some organizations that maybe really have helped you in, in your in forwarding your career and being around people that are in your same situation whether it's other executive women or whatever the case is
0: yes well I'm a huge advocate of chambers of commerce I belong to uh all of my chambers of commerce in my area. I think it is just so, so important to be involved with other entrepreneurs, other business leaders. And so I'm very, very involved uh, in in my community. I also participate in many non-for-profits. I'm uh, the Chamber Foundation's chairwoman. So I think that that is very important because then I'm being surrounded by really active, committed, busy people that are just extraordinary. And, uh, you know, uh, to be straight, Mary Beth, I have had a challenge with finding uh, women organizations. And so, you know, there are some great ones out there. And, you know, the challenges in rural communities, especially, it's hard. You know, Uh, and so that really was the catalyst to me starting the WE Institute Wealthy Healthy Energetic Edge because my commitment is to bring women together all over the globe by using technology and also, you know, live in-person events and really being, bringing a community of extraordinary women together to have conversations about how do we love our business and our career, how do we love our bodies, and how do we love our life. And so, you know, it was, you know, really the thing that I was missing in my career, and I think this is the catalyst for a lot of people, is if, if you don't have it, then, why not create it? And so that's that's really the seeds of it was, uh, ah, this is something that I would have loved when I started out in my career 19, uh, in 1985.
1: Very interesting. Yeah, there's, there's many organizations that I've tried over the years to be involved in. One of the ones that I'm involved in right now, which you might be interested in actually as an aside, is Elevate. And that is an organization, they meet usually down in Chicago, but it's I take the train down, and, and you know it might be a neat neat thing for for you to at least check out. But I think it's so important that women meet together, um, as well as you know, all my clients are men, and um, it sounds if you're working in the sports industry, a lot of your clients are men too. But it's important to have that camaraderie with um, with women as well, and and I think to to lift women up that are you know maybe younger and, and trying to find their way through some you know corporate situations as well.
0: Yes, and. and- Continuing with an ongoing curriculum of learning and development, and you know, it's the community is so important. The support, having your own board of directors, so to speak, surrounding you, whether you're in corporate America or you're an entrepreneur, and you know, having he- uh, the We Institute is about having a curriculum for building our business and our career, and then also our health and vitality. That's where I incorporate health coaching, and uh, I'm soon to be a personal trainer incorporating the physical part of it and, of course, the mind-body connection with hypnotherapy and then loving our life with, you know, how can we have great families? How can we really love the whole of our life and still have, you know, this balance thing, you know, uh, balanced the way that we want to and uh, really having the whole package? Because I I think we can have it and you know, it's why not? You know, it gets back to when we were our the beginning of our conversation. Why not go for it, right?
1: Yeah. Well, right. One
0: life we have to live here, huh? Exactly,
1: and that leads me to what is the riskiest thing that you have done so far in your career, and how has that worked out?
0: Well, I think the riskiest thing that I did was back when I started my career in 1985. I left Florida State University with a history degree and uh, thought I was going to go to law school and decided I really didn't want to do that. And so I left college not really knowing what I was going to do next. And I started in uh, selling computers in the computer industry. Hardware and software, and that was back in the days of the Apple IIe and the IBM PC XT.
1: <laughs> very, very early, you know,
0: early in the technology industry, and so getting into that, and then at the time, selling into uh, clients that were—it was all men. There weren't any women clients, as well as then it was a definitely a male-dominated industry. The technology was all men, and I remember uh, very early on going to a uh, state of Florida sales conference, and uh, it was I, there were 77 men, and I was the only woman. And so they were giving out the sales awards for top salesperson of the quarter, and Mary Beth, they had fully anticipated it was going to be a man who won that award because they had the biggest brown leather briefcase <laughs> you've ever seen in your entire life ready up there to give to a guy. And... As they announced my name as the top salesperson of the quarter for the whole state of Florida, I ran up and got my award, and the looks on the faces of these men were priceless. <laughs> you know, who is this person? And I was from a small little town in Florida, and uh, they had not expected it. So back to the beginning of our, our interview is taking a risk. I, You know, I worked so hard into understanding technology. I wasn't trained for it, but I worked and I was passionate and I was prepared and I was committed and I was just uh, I wanted to make this work and I did. And being relationship oriented, you know, the word of the day was you know selling boxes back in those days. That was not my interest at all. My interest was building long-term clients that would buy again and would, would refer me. So having having the guts to go for it in the face of something that was very, very difficult, and uh, that really led me to other technology companies and several startup companies, uh, several IPO companies, and it just has been a great, it was a great career, and, um, you know, just uh, keeping true to being prepared working with people, having good intentions, and doing the right thing has just really served me well. So I would say that was a great, great example.
1: I would say I would say so too. I have a friend who worked; she was a salesperson on an all males male team except for herself. And for um, a Christmas gift that year, the manager gave them all cufflinks, and she wondered what she would do with those because right. she didn't wear cufflinks. But you know, it's it's amazing. It's you know, a lot of that stuff is not done purposely. Like they didn't buy a big brown briefcase um, for you; they bought it for the majority. And right. It just happens that sometimes the majority um, isn't who's gonna win it and who's gonna receive it and we have to be thinking about that. But I think that we're doing a lot better job
0: of that in in America today, but we still have a long way to go.
1: (laughs) We still have a long way to go.
0: Well, and I think it's just a great symbolism of, for me, it was just a great great thing to look at. I, I, I looked at it more than I used it, but it was a great symbolism and representation for you know, I can go for this. I've got this. And mm-hmm. I, I am confident in myself and I can, I can just go for this. And so, you know, that, that's really been a symbolism for my entire career in life is just, uh, why not, you know, right. just uh, make it happen. And uh, what's the, really the worst that can happen, you know? That's where yeah. the
1: hypnotherapy comes in. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so. Yes. Yes, exactly. Well, I have really
1: enjoyed talking with you today, Kathleen. This, I, you're very inspiring, and you've inspired me to just get it, just go get it, you know. So thank you so much. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to speak with us at the Female Red Zone.
0: Mary Beth, it's been wonderful. Thank you. I've enjoyed every moment.
1: Awesome. Well, from The Female Red Zone, this is
0: Mary Beth Kuzmaski. Thanks for listening to The Female Red Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.